Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When we talk about a wife level, this is what I look at. Because I'm telling you how I feel. I, know, I need to I... see where you are as a woman. If you don't want to cook, what are you, what are you going to do? Are you going to clean? I can't settle with somebody if I think they don't have a base on just being an adult. Because they don't have enough life experience. And that's the disconnection that I'm having with you. That's how I truly feel inside with me. I care for you so much, but it bothers me because I don't know where you stand. I have to see what you picked up. What does my wife can? Is she a fast learner? I need to know who I'm married to. to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Married at First Sight Edition. Ooh, a lot of things happened, you guys. This was a real roller coaster for a lot of our couples, so I wrote down so many notes, and uh, to the surprise of um, me, really, I have all of them. We've done it. We've done it. The, the curse has been lifted. I have all my notes for this episode. I kind of wish I didn't because I wrote a lot. (laughs) But anyway, the episode begins with Katina like nervously standing outside of a supermarket. And she's talking about how Elijah expects food to be cooked. Like not only does he want a a hot meal, three hots and a cot, he wants these meals to be from scratch. And so she's nervous because she's like, I just... I hope I get the right stuff. I hope I get the right amount. And in that moment, I was like, oh, he's really going to be a monster this episode. Unfortunately, I was correct. I cannot believe this man. 
I just want to get into it that I was correct, but we can get into that later. Let's actually start with Steve and Noi. So the experts kind of threw a few things at the wall for the couples this season, probably scrambling because they're down a couple, but there were dates, there were question and answer sessions. We'll get into it. Like I said, let's get into Steve and Noi because really not a whole lot to talk about with them. Okay. Um, they start out with the dates portion Noi does a date for Steve in which she makes him go around a local park and do a scavenger hunt that culminated in her, him finding her on a child swing in a playground. And I don't know, like just kind of felt a little floppish. Like, can I get a charcuterie board? You have me running around doing laughs around this uh, public space. Can I get like a water at least like a cold water? Hmm. Anyway, they seemed happy about it. And that's all that matters. <laughs> so as we know from last week, uh, Mark and Lindsay are uh, not doing well. Okay. Not doing well at all. And they're barely speaking at this point. Lindsay says in an interview that Mark needs to tell her that he cares about her. And basically she's annoyed at this point and she's just waiting for the next fight. And they're essentially down to one word answers. How was your day? Good. Did you like your food? Yeah. Anything else? No. <laughs> Nothing, nothing. And Mark says in a talking head that he thinks that he and Lindsay both have an idea of what they want in a relationship. And when they don't get that, that's when the tensions start to rise. So Mark tries to break the ice by asking Lindsay if she regrets her behavior from the night before, which I know I use that tone, but she should regret her behavior. Do you think that he knows that she said that, like, the least you can do is make me come? He's going to find out. Has Rudy addressed this on Rudy After Dark? I know that I've made like several promises to watch a show. I can't do it, you guys. I, I'm, just, I'm just like backlogged. If there are any relevant clips, please send them my way. You can DM me on Instagram at everyone's business but mine. But, you know, other than that, I just, you know, I got a lot going on. I don't really, but you know, I think I do. I'm a Pisces, you know. There's there's a lot happening up here. Um, So... Like I said, he tries to ask her if she regrets her behavior. Obviously, the answer to that is no. And she proceeds to call Mark a Debbie Downer who's only focused on himself and that he doesn't know how to have fun <laughs> or give her any time or, um, you know, any sort of information. And then Mark, you know, he says, I'm not trying to argue with you. And Lindsay's like, you're not trying to do anything with me. Okay. <laughs> Mark is frustrated with Lindsay because he doesn't see why she can't see why her behavior is bad and he's getting frustrated. And then Lindsay accuses Mark of being really negative and tells him that his life is in chaos, just throwing the jabs because she's like a caged animal. Right. And Mark says, you know, that's not true about his life. My life is not in chaos. And Lindsay's like, come on, when are you going to get some awareness about that? <laughs> So he gets up and takes his little uh, plate over to the kitchen, feeling some type of way. And then they start to get into it. Lindsay says in a confessional that Mark is so focused on how he feels that he doesn't consider that there are two people in that relationship and that she's so worried about him that she's put herself on the back burner. And now she's putting herself first. Like I'm the captain now. Okay. And that Mark is going to have to earn her. <laughs> okay. Um, 
So then Lindsay starts to accuse Mark of being different on camera. And this is the point where Mark really snaps. because He's like, you got to stop saying that. And that's not true. And then he tells Lindsay, you know, I might say things that hurt your feelings, but you say things that annoy the shit out of me. And I don't think you're really aware of that. (laughs) So then at this point, they're really, I have to say, they're excellent fighters. They're excellent to watch fight. They fight like almost toe-to-toe with each other I don't you know like I shouldn't you know engage in um you know enjoying discord within a couple but these you know it's not like a real couple right and they're on a television show so I feel like I can enjoy the fact that they're I this I just it's a pleasure to watch them fight (laughs) listen the rules are all off we're all hell in a handbasket I don't know what's happening I can say it okay I enjoy the chaos and negativity that Mark and Lindsay bring I do I do um and I have no problem saying that so then she says you know Lizzie breaks down she's like I've been so supportive of you during this time because I wanted to be a good wife with you I felt like you were a good person that deserved my support but now I'm starting to feel like you're trying to sabotage the relationship and I don't know why I'm still around because I don't feel cared for and I don't feel appreciated. And then she straight up asked Mark, do you like anything about me? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. Like, you want me to tell you? <laughs> She's like, yeah, I do. <laughs> so He says that he feels like Lindsay has been an incredible and loving person. Or First, sorry, let me correct myself. He says, I think there's an incredible and loving person deep down inside of you. And Lindsay says, that's not a compliment, Mark. (laughs) He tries to say that, you know, they're just not on the same page right now. They have different needs because he feels like she's condescending. Yeah. And then he feels like she's a lot to handle and it's just keeping them from moving forward. So then Mark says that they need to work on their communication. And Lindsay's like, for me, it's actually gone beyond just a communication breakdown. I have a lot less hope about our relationship today than I ever have before. And she says, I started this wedding at a hundred percent commitment. I'm down to one. Okay. And I don't even want to give Mark the other 99% because he doesn't seem to like it. (laughs) The Mark really doesn't have anything to say except for, well, 1% is better than zero. And we really have to work on our communication. And Lindsay is just like, okay, we'll see. Moving on to Jasmina and Michael, they have a picnic with her dog, Mr. Feeney. You know, as a, a millennial, of course, I know this is a Boy Meets World reference. Super cute. Just another reason to just add on to the pile of why Jasmina is just my queen, and I love her. And Michael is actually doing things that I now can get down with which is manipulation via dog. So he has gone all out for Mr. Feeney because he's like, you know what? I know if anything, I can build a bond with Mr. Feeney and then she'll get closer to me. So he goes and makes a little bandana with a dog meets world sign on it. He's got the treats, the toys going all out. Jasmina was like, you know, he pulled out that bag and I thought that was for me. And I was like, hey, you know, right. But, you know, it was actually for the dog. And that's better because it shows that he really cares. Right. Really cute. And when they get settled down, Michael brings up their communication issues, because, of course, we know there's only 
a little bit of sunshine with Michael before the rain comes. And he says, you know, he asked her what would be the best way to speak to her. And she's like, well, that's the problem is you're not speaking to me when we're in arguments, like the two big fights that we've had. You haven't spoken to me. You've spoken at me. And that was my issue. Also, you were using a tone with me that I didn't like. And, you know, of course, Michael can't just take that on the chin. And he's like, well, Jasmina, would you agree that we were maybe both speaking on an elevated tone during these fights in these situations? She's like, I do. I agree with you, but I would not have had to do that if you hadn't made me. Okay. So if you hadn't used the tone, you know, I I feel like I gave you signs that I wasn't liking where things were going and how you were speaking to me. And so then I had to show you that I didn't like it. So sorry. I see a lot of mixed reactions to Jasmina and I just don't see it. A lot of people feel like I see a lot of people on Twitter say that even though they can admit that Michael is in the wrong, they're still like, well, Jasmina didn't have to do that, you know? And it's, (laughs) I don't want to say it's giving Kim and Kanye, but it is giving like the woman doesn't often, often get a pass. Like she's not allowed to stand her ground. She's not allowed to have boundaries without coming off as cold or couldn't you just be nicer to him or, you know, well, you could have just been softer and, you know, yeah, he was a jerk, but like, maybe you didn't have to keep it, keep that same energy. And it's like, you know, we're allowed to have boundaries. We're allowed to say no. We're allowed to stand our ground. And for that reason, I love Jasmina. Michael starts to get annoyed at this point, And she's like, I'm going to need you to take it down a notch. And he's like, well, can't you see why I would be annoyed in this moment? She's like, I do. Like she acknowledges and validates his feelings in this moment. But she's like, you know, the conversation could go left in this moment. And I'm just asking you, like, while we're in the annoyance phase, like, take it down a notch, you know, and also fair thing. So in a confessional, Michael says that he was just trying to be positive, but things went left and that they still have a lot to do in terms of communication. But he hopes that it was a step in the right direction. They also get, he also gets frustrated with her because He says, well, I keep asking you, how do I communicate? But you just keep saying to me, you should know how to communicate by now. But I feel like she did express, you speak to me in a tone that I don't like, and you speak at me and not to me, which is just like, when you're feeling some type of way, be respectful. I mean, what more does she have to say? She just said why she didn't like it. And she's been saying it the whole time. So to ask her, like, how do I need to do it? I, I'm i kind of with her. I feel like, you know, do I have to hold your hand through communication? I mean, sometimes people do, but like, I'm your wife, not your therapist. So you can hire somebody to figure out how to communicate. Otherwise, don't be in a marriage, you know? And if we want to keep it a buck, when he started to get annoyed, she said in that moment, I can sense that you were annoyed. Please calm down. So that was an example in real time of how you should be communicating with her. (sighs) Okay. Okay. I'm getting heated. (laughs) I just don't know. Like what more could she tell you? What more instruction did we need, Michael? I don't know. Um, Let's move on to Katina and Olajuwon so I can continue this um, anger. (laughs) So They, 
because he obviously is back from the supermarket at this point. And I couldn't tell at first that things were awkward, but then Olajuwon brings it up. So they mention like he had helped her chop some onions or something for this meal that she was making. And he's like, oh, did you think that I wouldn't help you? And she's like, well, I didn't know because, you know, we were, we've been kind of upset with each other since last night. Cut to apartment cam footage of Elijah Wan yelling at Katina that she worries about things that don't affect him and that he doesn't give a fuck about. And then he asks her why she does that shit. And then he yells that the shit I asked you for, you can't do. You trouble me. Um, Katina, can you get the keys to that other empty apartment that's in the building? Because I'm going to need everybody to get some space. What the hell are you talking about? Just yell at somebody the things that you're concerned about. I don't give a fuck about. Like, what did that, where did that, what part of the, con- like, I want to go back to that part. What was he referring to in that moment? Cause that seemed pretty mad, bad. Um, maybe worse, but also just being like, there's something, he basically is saying like, you don't do the things that I expect from you. So I think that there is something inherently wrong with you. And to find out like what all of this stemmed from, <laughs> unbelievable. So Back to their current conversation, Elijah Wan asks Katina what her definition of a wife is, because he's starting to suspect that they might have two different definitions. Katina says, well, it's somebody that who's a partner and a support system. But then she says she doesn't really like that question because he explained to her that he wanted her to cook more and start stepping up to the plate. So <laughs> Elijah Wan brings up, The fact that after their housewarming party, he asked her if she wanted to clean up. And she just said that she wanted to clean up half the floor. (laughs) So he claims that Katina was trying to make this like a little battle. So instead of fighting with her, he sent her to bed, to use his terms, sent her to bed and just cleaned himself. And we see the apartment cam footage of him doing this. Okay, so... Then Elijah Wan goes on to say to Katina, I want a wife. I want somebody who's going to be like, hey, my husband's stepping up. Um, If I wanted to clean together, I'm not going to let him fall and go to bed while he's sitting here cleaning. And then we see more footage of Elijah Wan doing like a hallway interview with production saying that he went into this situation for a wife not to help somebody grow. And then he goes and does some speech about how he's not her boyfriend. He's telling Katina this. I'm not your boyfriend. I, I'm your, you know, I have this ring on my finger and this comes with different expectations. Whoop-de-wop. Katina's like, yeah, I hear you. And then Katina does her own interview and says, I fully understand that every man wants his wife to do certain things. And I'm happy to do that. But I wasn't expecting to not meet somebody's standards. So then Elijah Wan tells her, that when she doesn't put in enough effort, it bothers him. And you could just see in her face protecting herself. You could see that she was broken. You could see that she had felt verbally abused, which is the term that I'm going to use for what he did to her. Because if you're screaming at your wife about the shit I ask you for, 
I, you can't do and I don't give a fuck about the things that you care about over sweeping one night are you are you okay <laughs> like what am I watching here Did, I didn't see I didn't gauge people's reactions maybe I should I thought this was so weird it only gets weirder I was deeply upset for Katina she just looks so broken down and like she's just trying to keep it together she's just trying to make this man happy and to say like I didn't expect that I wouldn't live up to somebody's standards like that's deep that's really deep because what she's saying is that I'm sitting here in this marriage and I'm not feeling like enough. And my husband is validating that and really encouraging these feelings that I am not enough, that I'm not worthy of the title of wife and that I'm just like not ready. He really like the way he like infantilizes her over the course of the episode and acts like she's a child and like she's like there's something like possibly mentally going on with her like because she just didn't want to sweep one night it, it's really like what the hell was I watching so after that the couples are gifted with a bottle of married at first sight labeled wine or champagne and some questions from the excerpts on you know the same questions that we get every season have you ever been in love what does it take for you to be in love? How do you know when you're in love? You know, what would it take for us to be in love? Blah, 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 right? Starting with Steve and Noi. Steve asks Noi if she's ever been in love and she says, yeah, like I have before. Steve said that he's had five relationships, five serious relationships, and he feels like he was in love with all of them. So then Noi says, that she feels like she's really comfortable talking about love with Steve, but he's been a little bit more like cagey about it. So then they get to the question of what it takes to feel like you're in love with somebody. Noi says that for her, it's when her partner shows up for her. And Steve says, well, you know, I think it's just like when I start to feel like I want to say it, like there are things to get there, like trust, but like, yeah, it's just like when I want to say it. So, So then Noe starts to, you know, get a little bit more personal and is like, you know, do you think it's still too soon for us to talk about the love situation? And he's like, you know, I think we're getting closer. And Noe says she feels like she's at the point where if she's falling in love at this stage in her life, she doesn't want to waste time by saying it. You know, we only have one life, blah, blah, blah. Right. So at this point, Noi says in an interview that she's starting to wonder why Steve's being so careful about this love when he seemingly in his relationship past hasn't had a problem doing that, which I don't really think is fair to say just because you've loved a lot of people doesn't mean that you guys are three weeks into your relationship that he needs to be pushing the button on that. You know, I don't. I don't really know that like that has anything to do with anything. I think Noi just worries a lot about stuff, but also this could be very producer driven. Who's to say? She does go on to say that like the longer he puts off saying I love you to her, that he might start like to believe it, <laughs> which again, just feels like a reach. I don't know. So then she says that she tries to drop hints that like she wants to hear I love you. And so she asks Steve, like, well, don't you feel like we've made the ultimate commitment to each other? And Steve's like, yeah, we're married, but, like, that's a big step for sure. But we've 
already seen one of our couples get divorced and clearly it takes a lot more than that. Like we have to actively work on our relationship. The marriage is important, but everything that happens after that is more important than that, which fair enough. Fair enough. So moving on back to Katina and Elijah Wan, she asks him what it takes to fall in love. And he says, commitment and loyalty like a puppy, right? Um, Katina says that for her, it would be somebody who supports her. Okay. And is loyal and understanding and patient (laughs) and says that she's big on that person that she's in love with being her best friend. So as he's, as she's talking about this and like trying to have a serious conversation and like be a human, he's like trying not to roll his eyes, shoving his face with blueberries. And then in an interview, Katina says, she definitely sees the potential for she and Elijah want to fall in love, but she doesn't want to end up hurt and being so vulnerable that she ends up feeling stupid, which is like, you know, God is trying to tell you something. Paige, can we get Paige on the line? So Katina tries again to talk about how she tends to be a little bit more guarded and Elijah Wan cuts her off and is like, yeah, see, you know, cause I haven't seen you cry yet. And you know, I've known you what 17 days. You haven't shed one tear. You didn't cry at the wedding. You didn't cry at the honeymoon. Like what's that about? (sighs) Okay. Like you guys have known each other 17 days. Like you just said it. Is it okay that she hasn't cried yet? I think so. I think so. (laughs) So then Katina says she's like very vulnerable in admitting that she does cry but she doesn't cry in private and excuse me that she does cry but she cries in private and then Elijah Wan starts to laugh at her (laughs) like the kind of laugh where like you're looking away at them because like you are so embarrassed by what they just said that like you can't even make eye contact with them this is the laugh of somebody who does not respect their partner and what she's about to say to him. And he really should have stopped laughing because he had to shut his ass up real quick when Katina said that she used to be a lot more open with her emotions and she used to cry, but she had a boyfriend who was verbally abusive to her. And when she did cry, he would call her a weak bitch. And so she put a wall up and was like, you know what? I'm just not going to cry. And she's basically trained herself to be numb. And so then Elijah one has to be like, oh, I guess I have to be nice now. And so he's like, well, you know, it's okay to cry, right? Because if you don't cry, then you're not human. Okay, just like, it's these little things of like, you should do this, otherwise there's something wrong with you. It's It should be like, he that man should not have spoken to you that way. And you should feel safe. And I want you to feel safe in this relationship to express your feelings. You see how I came up with that really quickly and I'm not even in your relationship just now. Not like you should cry. Otherwise you're not human weirdo. In a confessional, Elijah Wan says that the fact that she trained herself not to cry says a couple things. First of all, it says that she's a really strong person. (laughs) And then he says that he feels like she's sheltered and that it could stop them from moving forward in their marriage. Okay. So Katina asks the question of, do you think you're falling in love? Elijah can't even, Elijah Wan can't even look at her. And after a few seconds, he's like, well, I'll let you go first. So then she says, 
well, I see the potential to fall in love. What about you? And then he takes another few seconds and he goes, well, I definitely like you. Falling in love is such a strong word for me. Like, I'm not going to say that. So no, love is not on the table for me. Like ever? Like, (laughs) what do you mean? What do you mean? Not even in consideration? Then why are we here? If it's not even an option, what are you doing? (laughs) So then he says, it's not a bad thing. Like, I definitely like you. And there's nothing wrong with that. So in an interview, Elijah Wan says that he doesn't fall in love easily and he doesn't know enough about his wife to say that to her. So then Elijah Wan tells Katina that their connection has to grow, standards have to be met, and then you have to apply what you hear. And then he says, I can't get over that it's, you know, something that has to be done. Like, I can't get over it and um, there are things that have to be done before I can even, like, have your think about love growing so katina then says that she feels like she needs to basically prove herself with cooking and cleaning and being less guarded with her emotions and elijah wan's like well i have to see to believe it why does this woman constantly have to prove herself to him well like what again what is he bringing to the table for her what is it that he's doing what is it that she's not doing why are you like constantly setting up these tricks and booby traps and tests and games and stunts and shows and if it's not enough then just let her go like why torture this woman and make her feel like she's less than and like I don't know if you're ready to be a wife and like love isn't even on the table because you're not stepping up to the plate in the way that I think you should be like what Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. 
BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Does he hear himself? Like, he really he played me for a fool because I, I knew initially, I was like, I don't like this man. And then he lulled me into a false sense of security like they always do. Okay. I'm looking at you, Johnny. And now here we are just garbage out of his mouth. Garbage, garbage, garbage. And I think he might work in waste management. Well, I think he's managing it, just putting it in his body and just spewing it out of his mouth. Okay. Elijah Wan goes on to claim that many women have tried to make promises to him, but you know, that they never keep up on, on what they say. (laughs) And okay. Okay. Um, so then he tells her that I hope you take it seriously. That's a threat, baby. That's a threat. Hmm. So back to Jasmina and Michael, they're like having lunch or something and they're, um, just hanging out. And Michael reveals that today was actually, or that day was the anniversary of his brother's death. And so he went to the, you know, gravesite to the cemetery to go pay his respects. Jasmina had no idea because they lead us to believe that this is like later in the day. He already did it. Right. She says in an interview that since they had their date, they haven't really spoken a lot beyond polite conversation, but she's feeling a little bit better. And she's like feeling like they're connecting now that he revealed the anniversary. Right. So they get to their questions and Jasmina says she's been in love three times, maybe fourth. And that the love she felt like came from feeling good about herself and being treated respectful. And she says that Michael says that he's been in love like once, maybe twice. Um, But what made him feel love was that one girl they had a foundation of friendship and they were able to be really vulnerable with each other. They knew about each other's history and their triggers and that like baseline of understanding is what led them to fall in love. Then he goes on to say that he's had a really hard time being vulnerable with people. So when he is able to do that, it sort of propels him into like a love space. Then Michael says that he feels like, they have not been able to get into that place of being vulnerable. And Jasmina asks why. And Michael says something about how, you know, obviously they married first and it's sort of an opposite situation to normal. So he kind of went from this like situation, like wanting to be more vulnerable. But then in a confessional, Jasmina is like, I kind of find that hard to believe because he, you know, if, if that's what he's saying, he hasn't really been delivering on his words. So more on that later. Over with Lindsay and Mark, they're having dinner. Mark's making burgers. And, um, (laughs) I knew when he asked her, how do you like your burgers? And she said medium or like medium. Well, his face was like, Oh, I can't do that. (laughs) I was hoping he would say well done, but couldn't can't. Okay. So, they sit down and eat and he's like, do you like it? She's like, 
I mean, it tastes like leather, but I'm really grateful that you cooked for me. <laughs> so Mark says that the past couple of days have been rough for them, but he feels like maybe they had a breakthrough with their conversation. So he's just trying to be optimistic, just like gritting his teeth through this whole thing, the poor guy. So then they talk about like when they, their first love and, uh, Lindsay talks about how she had like a, you know, puppy love, young love situation. And then her like first kind of adult college, post-college relationship. She moved to New York for this guy. He was like really supportive and there for her when she was, uh, like at, during that time she was kind of chaotic and things were going on with her family. And then she kind of looks far off and is like, well, you know, things changed. Right. So then Mark talks about, he says in a confessional that he's kind of wondering if Lindsay will be able to be as vulnerable again with him as she was in the beginning, um, when she was freaking him out with how vulnerable she was being. (laughs) So with regard to his love life, yikes. Mark basically said that he finds himself in one shitty relationship after the other, but then he realizes that the last shitty relationship he was in is better than the current shitty situation. So then that makes him pine for that ex-girlfriend and he wants to go back because he's realizing that what he had was better than what he's getting now. I will say one thing about Lindsay. She might not be my cup of tea. Um, definitely spill her back in the <laughs> throw her back in the Boston Harbor. But um I will say that she's very insightful and I think that her, her when she talks about her concerns for Mark as a human, I don't think she's ever wrong. Like I don't think I've ever disagreed with her. So she tells Mark like it's kind of concerning that you keep going back to people, right? And that you, like, can't seem to move on from a relationship. So Mark tries to put, pitch it as, like, well, you know, if you go on to your next relationship and you don't like it, it, like, doesn't make you think about the person who treated you better. But Lindsay's like, sure, but I just take, like, there, it didn't, the relationship didn't work for a reason. So if there were good things, I take that, keep it in my mind, <laughs> and move forward with a new person. So, I, I mean, it, I... Definitely don't agree with Mark, but I kind of don't agree with Lindsay either. Like, if there is space to reconcile and you feel like somebody's changed or... I don't know. I just feel like there have been situations where it's like, yeah, maybe another relationship puts things into perspective for you. Right? I don't think it's, like, always bad to go back to somebody. I think it might be bad for Mark, but I think in general... (laughs) not always a bad thing. Also, if I were Lindsay, I would wonder how many times has Mark been in this relationship and pined for his ex-girlfriend? That's what I would like to know. In a confessional, Lindsay says that it concerns her that Mark dates people who are worse than the last person. So he wants to run back to what's comfortable and routine. But it seems like his version of love is settling for the good versus living in the moment. And then she says, it sounds like Mark only feels love after somebody pushes him away. And then they ask each other what it takes to fall in love. And Mark says that it's just time and patience. And Lindsay says that she needs somebody to be present, consistent, and caring. So 
then she says, like, I just need somebody who doesn't walk away and shy away from complications. And in an interview, Mark says that he's trying to forget all about the first two weeks of their relationship and how miserable he was. Because if he forgets that, that's what's going to keep him going and trying in this relationship. <laughs> Yikes, Mark. Mark. Oh, poor Maki. All right, let's move on. I mean, she just says, we've had a really tough 11 days and I just need you to show up for me. Sure. So then the men and the women go to separate activities. Just extremely gendered. Ladies, let's get our nails done. Fellas, let's do contact sports. So, I mean, listen, I'll take a free pedicure. Know that. And I'll definitely take that over um, uh, some hybrid of... Uh, archery and paintball i just you know i noticed okay doesn't i'm still gonna give into it but i noticed and i'm gonna call it out okay so (laughs) the women you know it's more of like a he said she said so i'll i'm gonna go couple by couple but first of all katina and jasmina (laughs) um show up first and jasmina is like oh have you talked to any other other wives and Tina's like well you know um Noi dms me but you know I'm not talking to Lindsay right so <laughs> Katina tells us that she basically decided to override any trigger she has with regard to Lindsay and just kill her with kindness because it's really not that deep so Katina all the ladies are there she asks them how they're feeling with their marriage and how it's doing out in the real world and I feel like this is the first time that I can remember where none of the couples are doing well like usually there's one outlier we where you can say or at least pretend that everything is okay not a one not a one could do it this time so um apparently noi is still out here posting on social media but this time it was something about you know when you marry somebody you're marrying their trauma their inner child their family probably got that from one of chloe's instagram stories and um she says that she thinks that she and Steve's quirks might be starting to get to each other and like annoy each other. But we really don't hear anything about that after the fact. Like I'd like to know more of what that is. But then Steve says uh that he asks the guys how things are going. Um and then he tells the guys about Noodlegate, right? And how she overcooked his noodles and then flipped the fuck out and left. And it was 24 hours before he heard from her. And after that, they were able to have a conversation. And he was really able to say how he felt on a vulnerable level and that that was kind of the trick for them. Which Noe agrees. She says, this was the moment where I knew he was in love with me because he would not have been as deeply upset as he was if he wasn't like at one point his voice started to crack because of how devastated he was and that was really like confirming for her right so then we get to mark and he says that this whole thing is a lot more work than he thought it would be and he thought he could get to know anybody but it's been a lot of work (laughs) to figure out her personality he's not used to her he's not used to all the emotions and then he says it's a matter of figuring out where the emotions are emotions are coming from when they're not doing well with each other. Lindsay tells the girls that 
she and Mark are so in sync that when they're out of sync, it's kind of like, what the hell happened? So then we get to Katina. And she starts to talk about how the last 48 hours have been like up and down, that Elijah Wan needs somebody who's going to match his energy in words and in actions, and that he's tried to tell her this in a lot of ways, and basically she's not stepping up to the plate. And I hope you guys noticed <laughs> the editors made sure to get all the other women's trying not to react to this information. You guys, if Elijah Wan even attempted to say any of the things that he said to Katina, to Jasmina, bitch, there would have been another divorce. <laughs> they would have had to pipe in more couples. I mean, I I could tell in Jasmina's face that she was like, mm, that does not sound good. So Elijah Wan says that he kind of feels like he's babying Katina and that it's a matter of effort and life skills that apparently she's lacking. So he goes on to talk about how he just doesn't like to go to bed with the house dirty. Fair enough. But he can, he's like, I can be there to guide her. I, I can't be there to guide her because I work overnights. I work days. I guess, excuse me, at this point she works at home, but he's like, what if she starts going back to work in the city? Basically like, <laughs> how was she going to be able to take care of the house when she's commuting for work when she can't do it at home? Right. Did you guys notice that we didn't hear any, like, hints of a partnership? It's just like, well, I'm at work. I expect her to do all this stuff. So what is she going to do when there's more on her plate? (laughs) Because I'm obviously not going to help her. (laughs) Then he tells the guys that the reason why he's so irritated is because he likes her so much. (laughs) Like, haven't we heard that a million times before? Like, the reason I'm so angry with you is because I like you. Because I really like you, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Get this man a book. Red flags. Red flags. Then Elijah Wan goes on to say that he's trying to be patient, but that they don't have the luxury of time with this experiment. And he feels like there have been no improvements from Katina since they had their meeting with Pastor Cal. <laughs> Michael seems to really care for Elijah Wan, and he's like, you know, I'm just worried about you bottling up your emotions and exploding. So I need you to work on that. And then Elijah Wan goes full manipulation mode and is like, you know what? I think that I might have to drop a tear or two to really get her to understand what I'm saying. Yikes. Uh, Michael says that his issue with Jasmina right now is just trying to connect on a deeper level. And obviously, uh, honestly, I feel like Jasmina said basically the same thing. Like they need to be more vulnerable with each other because she can't do like physical intimacy if there's no emotional intimacy. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm feeling personally more confident about them because if you guys can both recognize what the problem is, that's really like 30% of it, right? Like y'all both know what the issue is. You both know that you need to contribute to make it better. And I think there's a lot of potential that can come from that. See, I can be positive. Anyway, let me go back to being negative. Um, So Lindsay and Mark go out on a date. Oh, before that, the couples all admit basically that, gosh, I'm kind of glad that all of you guys are um, bad in a bad way with your relationship because I would be feeling worse if one of you were happy. So, yay, we're all in this together. (laughs) Anyway, let's talk about Lindsay and Mark. So Mark takes Lindsay on a date. It's really sweet because she apparently loves sushi, could eat it three meals a day. 
Um, Mark, of course, has not had sushi, despite repeatedly referring to himself as a shark. I'm not sure if he knows what they eat. I don't think that they eat the cracker goldfish. Mark, I don't think that they have those down there. Anyway, um, he is like horrified to put anything in his mouth. But he was housing those Thai iced tea, though. And I, you know what? Respect. Because those things, them shits is good as hell. Okay? <laughs> he, like, manages to get down some sort of, like, shrimp tempura, like, breaded, fried to the god's fish. But the the nigiri and the sashimi was a bridge too far for him. He's, like, holding a piece of <laughs> sashimi to the camera and is like, this is a very beautiful but I would like to throw it back into the ocean to go back to his family. Again, Mark, as a shark, I think you know that it's not going to work that way, but maybe you don't. I don't know. Somebody, could somebody get this man like a oceanography situation, a YouTube video, anything. Mark seems to have changed his tune and is really positively affirming Lindsay and says that he gives credit to her for going into the situation wholeheartedly with whoever she was going to be matched up with. And he apologizes for all the times that he hurt her because she continued to do nice things for him, even though, like, even though times got tough, right? So then Mark promises to not cause her any more pain and that he does notice the good things that she does for him and that she's too good of a person to feel underappreciated, which I thought was really nice of him. Lindsay says that she feels the same way about him and you know, that Mark does so much for other people that she just wants to take care of him as well. I just keep thinking about like... Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. He's going to have to see this moment of her telling people behind a public bathroom, a bowling alley bathroom that he, he can't fuck, you know, that's really, ooh, how, how's he going to take that in? Did Rudy ask him? Did we say this? I, I, okay. I'm having groundhogs day in my own episode. Um, so anyway, <laughs> Lindsay surprises Mark on a date. But on the way there, he doesn't know. So she's like, oh, we're going to go bungee jumping. And I just love Mark's reaction was like, you know what? I know that like you're like on this like um, live life. And if something happens, at least I had a great one. But I want to live. <laughs> I want to live. 
and I want to be on the ground. So they end up going to some batting cages and, you know, golf cart or whatever, that whole thing. And uh, Mark is first, like, really, really impressed that Lindsay remembered that he had played baseball from, like, five to high school, right? But then we get a flashback to her helping him move out of the, his, uh, uh, why do I keep wanting to call it rabies? Not, not roaches. What did he have in his thing? <laughs> bed bugs, bed bugs. Um, his bed bug infested apartment. And in the flashback, she picks up a old leather suitcase and she's like, what is in here? And he's like, oh, it's all my old baseballs that I've ever played with. I just feel like that's something that you don't forget. Like, he gave her a lot of props for remembering that. But, like, you don't remember when your back almost gave out because of this man's memories. You know? I don't think that's something that uh, exits the mind too quickly. Anyway, they keep playing. They seem to be having a good time. And Mark says that he feels like the best strategy for them is just to take things one day at a time and not to stress too much about the future. Um, so moving on to Jasmina and Michael, Michael's a personal trainer. So he's been trying to get Jasmina to the gym to no avail. So she decided to make uh, Jasmina's gym with a J in their apartment. So she starts, find your words. She set up three stations that were themed with their particular problems, like vulnerability, communication, interrupting each other. So they start to do this like role playing thing where Jasmina's Michael's personal trainer. A lot of her moves seem to involve like scissor kicking. Honestly, it was delightful, but I don't think it's like effective for the body. Um, they get to one station and they're, you know, um, doing that thing where you spread your legs and you touch feet with each other, like my worst nightmare. And she asks Michael to talk about his childhood and all the loss that he's experienced. So he starts to talk about his brother first and his brother passed away when he was a child and he tells this absolutely heartbreaking story about how his brother's name is Vladimir, how Vladimir um, worked at a fast food place uh, overnight and that he had a tradition of coming home with food like late at night. So they'd wake up at like three o'clock in the morning and get all this free food. Right. So three o'clock comes around one day they're getting hearing a banging on the door thinking that it's Vladimir and it's actually his friend saying that he just got shot. So I, they didn't really explain like where he got shot, but Michael saw it and his aunt picked him up and took him away. So he wouldn't have to see anything else. And his mom ended up fainting and it was just like a horrific situation he starts to cry and it's just so sad and Jasmina gets closer to him and starts comforting Michael and he goes on to say that that was like the first tragic experience that he had and every three or four years after that he would have to deal with grieving the loss of somebody else and that over time that changes him of course and he says that he because of it he's done a good job of putting his emotions in a box and not dealing with them. You could tell that this really, like, hit Jasmina. And in a confessional, she starts to get emotional herself and says that she's really grateful that Michael was able to be open with her. And, you know, even though she hasn't lost a sibling, she feels like she would feel the same way that he did, right? 
And so she ends up thanking Michael for being open and says that she appreciates that he did it. And then he starts to get quiet and she's like, well, what's on your mind? And he's like, I just think it felt good to cry. Oh, it's like bittersweet, you know, like a bittersweet moment. But I, I like that for them. And it seemed like a real breakthrough moment. And now I'm like, I'm rooting for them. They're, they're our great hope for the season. <laughs> Didn't think we'd get here, but here we are. Oh, yeah, I keep forgetting about Steve and Noy. <laughs> oh, well. Speaking of, they have a picnic on the beach. Steve hosts uh, for Noy, and he mentions that it's their three-week anniversary almost to the hour. And Noy looks at him and says, so does that make it a month? Like, do you know the pain that I felt personally having to watch Steve explain to her that three weeks does not a month make? Baby. Girl. Four weeks. Four weeks that's seven days no <laughs> so um he, they talk about like their favorite mem- memories which i'm not sure why because they're definitely gonna have to have this exact same conversation when they have their month anniversary episode we we see it we know you guys i don't know why we're doing this but this is how i know that like they're giving us nothing because <laughs> but anyway they um steve talks about how um, Noah starts to talk about how, like, even though Steve might not understand how she does everything, he understands her on a soul level. And then Steve brings up the power of three. Okay. He says, you know, three days into our relationship, we had a picnic and, you know, I think you had some expectations about me saying I love you and it didn't happen. But, you know, I just realized that we're three weeks into our relationship and we're having another picnic and... I thought it would be time to finally, 21 days, finally tell you (laughs) that I love you. He keeps saying finally as though we don't know. Okay. Um, Not even halfway. Never mind. Um, So yeah, this is, you know, obviously the moment that Noi's been waiting for. She's walking on sunshine. She could float right into the ocean and just walk on, on the water. I'm sure. Congrats guys. This is me clapping with my chest, okay? <laughs> so, um, he says he loves her, and that poor woman said thank you. Never me. Never that. <laughs> so, <laughs> let's end on just the absolute shit show that was Katina and Elijah's date. Wouldn't you believe this balding motherfucker sets up a date to cook? Wow. Can we get anything else on our mind, Elijah Wan? Anything at all? Oh my gosh. So, of course, you know, this is like a passive-aggressive situation because he's like, well, you know, Katina's really been talking about wanting to cook salmon, wanting to cook salmon, and she hasn't done it yet, so, you know, I guess. Because I'll just force her into it under the guise of a romantic date. Because I want to roast the hell out of this guy, I just want to make it abundantly clear that he said salmon, salmon like four times over and over. So why he feels like he doesn't have some growth to do. You don't even know that there's a silent L in salmon. But anyway, um, in a confessional before they start cooking, he says, I want my wife to be on the same page as me. Stop waiting for me to tell you something. Just do it. That's effort. So Katina seems to think that this is actually a team effort and that she's going to be having a good time. No, baby. No, no, no. That he's not going to use this against her in the very near future? 
Like, it really makes me sad because based on his behavior, I have no other reason to believe that, like, I don't know. I I don't know. So she says in a confessional that she doesn't even really like to cook. It's not something that she wants to do. Okay. And that does not make her any less of a woman or a wife, Elijah Wan. Um, so they sit down and they sit down to eat. Mike, Elijah Mon makes a point to tell her that like, this is a type of love that she needs to be putting into their meals moving forward. What? <laughs> are, are you serious? And then he says that she has not put this much effort into any of their meals since they've gotten together. Oh, really? This person who doesn't cook and doesn't like to cook um, hasn't progressed to the level of this uh, clearly hired, trained private chef. Wow, what a surprise, Elijah Wan. Then in a confessional, this jerk says that he feels like Katina worked on herself in terms of cutting down on partying and stuff, but he doesn't really, or that doesn't necessarily mean that she's ready for marriage. Then he says, I need to answer for myself to see if she's woman enough for me as a wife electric chair electric chair so katina tells him that she's putting more effort um but she can also recognize where he's putting in an effort and his response is to tell her that she's still learning and there's nothing wrong with that but when it comes to a marriage there are certain things that he has come to expect to be already there and he's just trying to figure out if she's got that base like that base of this arbitrary um what it is to be a wife thing that he has made up like sir you were no more educated in this field of marriage than she is you know so do you have a base because your base just seems to be um digging a grave for her unbelievable so then Elijah starts talking about how he paid off his student loans and he owns a house and she hasn't done that and that's fine because she's trying to get there but um, you know, he's trying to figure out what his wife can do independently to where that he can say that on a wife level, he's satisfied. <laughs> what do I even say to this? Like, what? what is garbage? Poop, poop right out of your mouth. Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I would have put the skin of that salmon, my favorite part, right into his hair and just mushed it in just mushed it right over his head and said keep keep base wife level katina asks him to explain what it is that he's looking for it couldn't be me girl and he says he brings up the housewarming party again and he's like well i just feel like you didn't apply yourself enough because i guess she ordered food for the party or I don't know. Either way, she had her friends bring some food to the party. She didn't bring any of the food for herself, right? So then he says that they, I guess they had gone um, looking for decorations for the party themselves. So he was just like, well, you had them do this. You, we did this together. So like, what is it that you did specifically for this housewarming party? Because you called it out and then I found out about you telling your friends to bring food and then I had to provide the fried chicken and, you know, we did the decor together. So like, what is it that you did? 
this is like a weird like PTA mom situation. Like, did you can did you, what did you contribute to the, to the to the Valentine's Day dance? Like, what are we talking about? This is so weird. He starts going on about how Katina works at home, so like there was nothing like she never physically left the house to contribute to the party. So then he says, when we talk about a wife level, this is what I look at because I'm telling you how I feel and then I need to see where you are as a woman. And in a confessional, he says, if you don't want to cook, what are you going to do? Are you going to clean? Like, this is beyond parody at this point. Like, (laughs) wow. And then at one point he referred to the housewarming party as his party. As if she doesn't live there. Y'all are both living there for free. So not like your name's on the lease, sir. It wasn't your, the point of the housewarming party is that both people that live there are part of it. So your party, what do you mean? Then he tells Katina that he can't just settle with anybody if he doesn't have a base. And, you know, he's just being an adult and, you know, that's, he feels like she doesn't have a enough life experience and that's a disconnect for her. So he just wants like a Susie homemaker. Like he wants Ina Garden. He wants Martha Stewart um, doing all of the, you know, putting the doilies on the table so that nobody gets rings on the table and, and just like has an apron on. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, I did say last week that it did seem like their housewarming party was like really lacking in food because it just seemed like a plate of fried chicken. Um, not really sure what it is that the friends contributed, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the point is, fuck you, Elijah one. That's the point. So, um, he keeps talking about, like, he's just trying to keep it real and that he loves, you know, as much as he loves her, that he has to keep her grounded because he needs to know that when he says yes on decision day, that he's saying yes, knowing that she can hold shit down. So at this point, she's like... I think I need to take a break. Like she's like kind of looking over at the production. He keeps talking and then he's like, you know, if I break my leg, I need to know that you can get things done without me. And I just can't say that right now. (laughs) So Katina says, I'm not going to sit here and say like, I'm woman enough for you or like, you know, advocate for myself. Only time will tell. Right. And the episode ends with Katina clearly did you guys see this? As she was crying, she was, she kept patting her head, like smoothing the side of her head. You guys, that is when you self soothing because you're so upset. Like this is uh, something that has like triggered her deeply. Like she was actively self soothing on camera to try and calm down. That's how deep this has gotten for her. And I just like could not believe the level of vitriol that he was spilling at her. Like, and it was stupid and it was stupid. So, she says i just wanted to get married so much and this just makes me feel so bad i really like punch through this tv screen just go through a time portal and punch him right in the face like how did this was so vile like honestly if i look at twitter and people aren't fully team katina like i'm gonna lose it (laughs) you might not hear this episode (laughs) an episode next week because i would have been Mm-mm. death to Elijah one okay no more thank you guys so much for listening <laughs> thank me for speaking I'll talk to y'all next week <laughs>